Welcome to the Elijah Fire Podcast, where we jump into issues of today with faith and freedom instead of fear. And now here's your host, Jeff Tharp. Hey everyone, Merry Christmas! Welcome to Elijah Fire. I am filling in for Jeff Tharp today. My name's Kelsey O'Malley. I think you guys have seen me a couple times on this show. And last year we did a special Christina Miss episode. And me and Christina Baker still talk about it and say that was our favorite episode because we got to be together. And I'm so, so excited for today's show. Christina is going to be sharing with us a little bit about her testimony. And you guys are going to be so encouraged by that because there is many, many, many things that she has walked through with God. Um, and God has never left her, not one time. But before I bring on Christina Baker, we want to thank you guys again so much for giving in to the digging of fresh water wells. You are making a huge difference. We are celebrating. Why? Because thousands of people cannot access clean water. And thousands have given their lives to Jesus because of the clean water wells that have been drilled. You are truly saving lives. You have no idea the peace of mind that you have brought to the mothers in these villages. Now, their young daughters don't have to travel alone for miles and miles to collect water. Instead, they can focus on school and family. Everyone is rejoicing and giving thanks. May God bless you all. Come with me as we go visit one of the mothers that you have impacted. Hello. I'm here with Pegson's family. Pegson is a mother of eight and she lives with some of her grandchildren. Before the new water wells were drilled in this community, they would walk two hours to the old water source to collect water. It was very hard for them. But now everything has changed because they now have a new water source. Because of you, the water source is just two minutes away from their home. Stories have changed. Thank you for being a blessing. May God bless you. We would like to say thank you. You have impacted so many lives by donating towards the drilling of water wells. But there are still people without access to clean water. Donate today at elijahsdreams.com slash donate. Thank you all so much for your generosity and making a difference in these precious people's lives. We appreciate it so, so much. If you feel led to give today, click the link in the description, or you could visit elijahsdreams.com slash donate. And thank you guys so much. Thank you for giving. We really, really appreciate it. And um, before we bring on Christina, I want to tell a little quick story about Christina because she's not going to let me say this if I bring her on because I'm going to embarrass her. But when I first met Christina Baker, she sat down right next to me. I'll never forget it. So she was coming to film at um, Sid Roth Studios. So I was hosting her for a show there. So she comes in and we have never met before. I didn't know who she was because I'm old school. I don't have TikTok, you guys. I'm like a grandma. I only have Facebook. So she comes in and sits down right next to me. And she doesn't know me at all. I don't know her. And she says, hi, I'm Christina Baker. And I'm like, oh, hi, I'm Kelsey O'Malley. And within like two seconds, she's like, you know what? We need to we need to pray uh, before we we start the show. We just, we need to pray. 
And she like just grabs my hand and she just starts, she doesn't know me at all. She just starts praying and she's like, Lord, we just ask that your presence would come and fill this place. And Lord, we just ask that you would do what you want to do. And it was so, it was such a powerful prayer. You guys, the fire of God, the heat from the presence of the Lord. Cause you know, with angels, he says, I make them as flames of fire. So it was like the angelic or it was the presence of God. I'm not sure what it was. But it was like this warmth just came over my entire body. And I was like, oh, my gosh, who is this girl? And then she had an amazing show um, for something more. You guys can go check that out on ISN. But she has become my very, very best friend. And there's rarely one day that goes by that we don't get to be uh, texting and laughing and sharing our lives together. So I'm so honored so excited to welcome my guest today, Christina Baker. Oh my gosh, how cute was that intro? I was typing in the chat, guys, this is so cool. Oh my God. That's amazing. Jeff is so talented and all the he stuff really that he is. can do. I mean, we've talked about that with Ryan. I'm like, he's just, he's he's got that gift, girl. I know. Yeah, it's true. It's true, Jeff. It's true. He's so And you're amazing. I'm excited to have you on, of course, because we look forward to this episode. We started talking about this like a couple months ago. ago. I don't know. It was like already summer. We're like, Christmas is coming. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so excited to be on a show together. Yeah, I know. We've talked about that so many times, like just just being able i mean i remember that show that was that was a marking moment in my life yeah it was a marking moment in my life because i was so um like i remember you like leaning over to me and you were like you're gonna get dehydrated in here because of all the lights and my mouth was so dry because i was like what is going on with me right now like this is (laughs) and you were like you just leaned over you were like this is this is normal and i just God just showed up that day. He God did. showed up that day in such a powerful way. So I'm just, it's, you're a, just a, a dear, special friend to me, Kelsey and Ryan and the babies. And yes, we and- love you family too. It's definitely a God thing. I was thinking about this morning. I was like, you know, when God picks your friends, because yeah. we both say like God brought you to Sid Roth, of course, for the show, but really for us to, to have our to meet, to meet yes. and God picks the best friends because yes. I mean, it, it's just such a natural, you know, friendships, real friendships are just so they just naturally happen. And when God's in the middle of it, it's, it's been such a blessing because I'm sure you guys have that one friend where like you can call and tell them anything. Like I, you can call and say, Hey, this is going on. I need your prayers. You know, you don't hold things back from, from a person who knows the Lord too, because like with other people, you know, I have to be careful when I call them, like what I say and cause they don't believe, you know, the same, but with you, I can say, we, this is going on in my life. And you're like, okay, we need to pray about it. Like, let's, let's start (laughs) praying. Let's see what God's saying. And it's, it's so amazing to have a friend like that, to have friendships where God is the center of your friendships too, you know? And it's a gift from the Lord because I learned this years ago when we lived in California and 
being able to just be who you are without holding back is a gift from the Lord with someone. I mean, we're able to be that way in our marriages, but mm-hmm. as females and then like males with other males, like where you can just share life. But here's the thing is being, having the assurance that if you see me at my worst, you're not going to judge me, but you'll still speak the word of God to me. And so one of those, it's, it's that kind of relationship where you can just say like, I'm having the worst day of my life. You're seeing the worst parts of me, mm-hmm. probably hearing me in the flesh a lot too, but mm-hmm. yet you still be able to speak the word of God to me. That is a God given relationship, friendship from the Lord. And that's and so, what we need the most when we're, when we're in the hard times. I think when we get yeah. in hard times, we get into the flesh a lot because that's our default, right? Is always, yeah. you know, if something bad happens, we automatically want to go into the flesh in, in many different ways. But to have someone yeah. come in and speak the word of God, it kind of brings you back like, oh, I shouldn't be acting like that or I shouldn't be saying that, you know, I need to yeah. hold on a minute. So it's yeah. it's such a blessing. And um, I'm excited to be on with you today. And towards the Me end too. of the show, you guys, we're going to ask Christina some questions. She doesn't know what they are, but they're going to be holiday Christmassy questions. So towards Yay. the end, we'll, <laughs> we'll do that and we'll have fun towards the end. But we were going to talk about just, I mean, we're going to go back. We're going to go back yeah. in time just for a second because we see you now, Christina, and we hear you pray. We get to know you on Elijah Fire. We get to hear you on TikTok and all all the different places. But this is not the same Christina that was years and years ago. So bring us back a little bit to your past and before you were saved until now, because there's been such a radical amazing, only God could do Holy Ghost filled transformation that has happened in your life. So bring us back a little bit and and tell us the story of what happened to you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I've shared bits and pieces here and there on Elijah Fire, but uh, my mom was a non-practicing Catholic. My dad was an atheist and grew up in a home where violence was the 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 prominent i would say atmosphere and response within my parents marriage and within us as kids Mm -hmm. so uh my dad had a bad cocaine problem my mom was from south america she didn't have a degree, you know, she was, she knew how to be a mom. She always wanted to be a mom. She was wanted to be a wife. And she came to the United States, met my dad and they married, like they married within weeks. So she didn't know who she was marrying. And so she, and she stayed because uh, she didn't want to go back to Paraguay and her parents were, you know, wanting for her to go back. And so very innocent, you know, mm-hmm. um, but just always wanted to be a mom and be a wife, but didn't know that my dad had a bad drug problem. And so I grew up watching the consequences and the aftermath of someone who my dad, who, you know, on the outside would wear three piece suits and was an amazing public speaker, 
you know, a top salesman and one of the biggest oil companies in the world at the time, but had a bad cocaine problem. And so my parents threw big parties. I mean, that's what I saw growing up, like all night long, I would see my parents and like all these business executives dancing to like Whitney Houston, I want to dance with somebody all night long. And I would be in the middle of all this. But then when morning came, uh, my dad would was very abusive with my mom. And so saw saw a lot of things. And just for the sake, because they're both alive, just for the sake of honoring them, I, um, they, a lot of us have made choices in our lives that we're not proud of. Right. And it doesn't oh, yeah. matter if you've walked with the Lord or if you know the Lord or, or, or don't know the Lord, but th these moments mark us as children. The rubber meets the road moment for me. I, I went through, uh, actually my mom remarried, we moved to Bolivia. So I spoke Spanish, uh, actually didn't learn how to speak English until I was probably five years old. So Spanish was the primary language spoken in, in our home. So when we moved to Bolivia, I already knew the language. Uh, I just learned how to read and write there. And I, around 12, 13 years old that, abused child just kind of came out and mm. I started hanging out with like the goths and the punks at school which is in Bolivia Bolivia is a very um the society there is there was there was not and even to this day it's kind of like not there's not room for that in that society it was like goths and punks and skaters mm -hmm. but in that time 20 years ago, 20 plus years ago, they're really, I mean, we were just like the outcasts of society. And I love that. I was like, <laughs> I feel at home with these people. Like, right. We dress in black. We listen to Marilyn Manson. I found solace in that music. I remember one song that Marilyn Manson had called get your gun. And that mm -hmm. was something that I connected with. Like we connect with worship wow. songs as believers or like, right. well, I really identify with that song in this season. That song was like the song of my life, like get your gun. I would fantasize about taking my life and ending the pain in my life for years and years and years. Wow. And so uh, got into self-harm. I was cutting my arms and cutting my legs. And like we would be in the dead of summer, which Bolivia is a uh, is very tropical. You know, mm -hmm. it's like near we were near the border of Brazil. So it's very hot. And I would wear like long sleeves and and long pants all the time so that my mom could not see it i was i was cutting myself and mm -hmm. again another thing another outlet that i found to be able to release the pain that i had inside because i i didn't know what was going mm -hmm. on inside of me i was like and as i hope this isn't um sometimes a lot of people want to understand why people cut themselves and why people have such a draw to what's macabre or death but for me it was like when I cut myself, it was like a reminder that I was alive because I, I felt dead wow. and I felt that way for so many years. And so, um, I just wanted a party really hard. I, there was something inside of me. It was like, I just want to, I want to party and I want to doing drugs for me. I know people are like, gosh, I remember the days that I did drugs were the worst times of my life. But for me, they weren't like, I enjoyed doing drugs. I enjoyed, uh, getting away from from the daily pain that I had what I lived with every day and 
it's just something that I love to do. And it's probably how my dad felt as well. Um, I came home from a party in the middle of the night. My stepdad was standing at the foot of the stairs and my mom was there crying and he said, you've got to go. And I tried to get past him to go to my Mm -hmm. bedroom. And right before he put, he was about to push me down the steps. He looked at me and he said, you're not worth it. And my mom, he looked at my Mm -hmm. mom and was like, she's got to go. There's some other things that, that he said. And my mom once again, just trying to protect me was like, Christina, you've got to go. Cause she knew, I mean, this man, she's like, he's going to kill her. Some like, right. I didn't know what was going to happen because it was, it was getting increasingly more violent between mm-hmm. him and I, as time, as time passed by. And so I, they put me in my room for three days. Uh, you know, when you live in Bolivia, it's a third world country. Oh. So everybody has like there's like three maids and nannies and security guards and everything. And so they told me not to come out of my room and my stepfather's maid would put a, um, a tray of food outside of my door three times a day until they were able to get my ticket for me to go to Hawaii where they believe my dad was. So long story short, I show up to Maui, Hawaii. I hadn't seen my dad in like 10 years. And I sat in the airport for like six hours. I had 20 bucks in my pocket mm. and I had a guitar, an electric guitar on my back. I was lead singer of a punk band and uh, I, you know the name of it, but it was, it was a punk band. Okay. And so <laughs> I just don't want to be, a, you know, <laughs> we're so, learning all these, all these facts about Christina before. I mean, there's so, there's so much that God has changed that all of this is, I mean, for anyone listening to this that maybe has a child or a friend or anyone that you see is in the midst of this, whether it's drug use or um, trauma from childhood or cutting or all, I mean, this, your story is so encouraging because it can show you what, what God can do. So continue on. You show up in Hawaii. Yeah. So my dad about six hours later shows up and and he, we recognize each other, except I wasn't that, you know, five-year-old, you know, pigtails and a little dress anymore but now it was like you know I just got all black, black. Lipstick. <laughs> yeah had the spikes and you know just not only was it an external but the internal the internal uh internally I felt black and I felt dark and so it was just what I felt on the inside I so deeply wanted to express on the outside and he was like, Christina. And I was like, dad. And he was like, yep. He picked up my duffel bag out of my whole life in it. And we get in his white pickup truck and he's like, this is crazy or here. And I remember my dad moving to Hawaii because he had inherited after my grandma died, he had um, inherited some money and, and moved to the Island and just wanted to live out his dream as a musician living in Hawaii. So I just pictured all I wanted was to sleep in a bed. I remember I was like so exhausted going from South America all the way to the the middle of the Pacific ocean. And he said, there's something I've got to tell you. And I was like, okay. And he was like, "Um, I'm living in a tent and I'm living on the beach now. I have nowhere to put you. And I'm like, Okay. And as a, you know, as a 15 year old, you're trying to process all of this. Right. 
Thanks for listening. The Elijah Fire podcast is made possible by donations like yours. To become a partner, visit ElijahFire.com slash give. I didn't come from, I didn't come from poverty. My, I had never experienced that in my life. Um, mm-hmm. Were we bankrupt spiritually, emotionally, you know, yes, but we always had a lot materially growing mm-hmm. up. And so- mm-hmm. We show up to Thousand Peaks Beach, which I don't even think exists now, which, which with everything that happened in Lahaina a couple months ago. Oh, wow. And uh, he had a queen size blow up bed in his in his tent. Mm-hmm. And there were tents everywhere. His tent was right next to a payphone, And mm-hmm. there were like cars parked on the beach. And I just remember that being kind of like the curtain being ripped open in my life of like, welcome to the real world. Like, yeah. Here we are. That This was the beginning. And so, of course, not to get into tons of details, I ended up getting off the beach uh, sometime later. But that was like the connection point between my dad and I, where it was like we connected in that moment. Mm-hmm. And I didn't end up seeing my dad again for almost, gosh, it would have been another six, seven years after wow. that. So wow. I ended up getting off the beach, uh, going into a home from a couple that took me in from the church. They had two rules. They were like, your first rule is your curfew is 11. The second one is you have to go to bed or you have to be your curfew is 11 o'clock. And Mm -hmm. the second one was, um, you have to go to church with us every Sunday. And I was like, okay, this is where I draw the line. I'm like, I'm not going to church. So when before church before, so you move in with this couple, right? So you, you never in your life cared about God, cared about going to church, wanted to know, like you were basically an atheist, right? Where there was no thought about God. Did you ever, when it was a hard time, like if you, let's say when you got to Hawaii, did you ever think like about the Lord at all? Or just, he was not even there. I remember, and I only say this retrospect, looking back now, especially mm-hmm. when I wrote my book, I look, was able to look back on my life when I was writing my book. And I remember a moment I was sitting out on a pier by myself. I was smoking a cigarette and I was like, I remember looking up and I was like, is anybody, I just wondered if there was someone out there that was seeing me where I was mm. and asking that question in my heart. Like, is there someone I'm looking at this ginormous sky and I do, I wondered if there was someone there that saw me and knew me. And I do remember that moment and asking myself that question, like, do you, is there anybody that sees me or knows me or sees where I am and the pain that I'm in right now? So that was, that was one time in my life that I can remember going, is there somebody out there? Yeah. And then fast forwarding, another fast forwarding a decade later, uh, less than a decade later, I'm sitting in the back of a police of of a cop car. I'll get arrested. I just got arrested for a QP, which for those that don't know, a QP is a quarter pound. Uh, Okay. I didn't know. I had to to explain that to my husband. He's like, QP, what's a QP? A quarter pound of drugs. 
So we have to explain these things, you know, there's some <laughs> people who don't know. Now we know little, you guys. Little street talk, right? Little street talk. <laughs> so you get so, arrested, pulled over and arrested. You have to tell that story just, yeah. just real quick because. Yeah, I, I felt one. I was invincible. I mean, I had gotten to a point where I drove drunk Monday through Monday from the bars. I, you know, hundred hundred miles an hour down the freeway would wake up in the back of, of my SUV with like one shoe, didn't know where my purse was and just like wondered how I got there. And I'm here in my apartment complex and I'm like, how did I get here? And I did this, this was an ongoing basis. And so I, I, and you were working full time. I was working full time as a counselor. She wasn't, yeah, she wasn't just like, living on someone's couch. Like she was operating as a full-time employee. And then this was after work. So she was, you were totally living a double life. Yeah. Just like my dad was. Yeah. You know, patterns, generational, people can call it generational curses, generational patterns. Mm -hmm. You can call it whatever you want, but I was living the same exact life that my father was without even knowing to the extent at that point in my life, how my dad lived. I was doing the same exact thing. Yep. Not knowing. Yeah. And so generational, whatever you want to call them, patterns, mm-hmm. curses are very, very, very real folks. And yes. so I had gotten to this place where I felt like I was completely untouchable, like nothing, no one could touch me. Mm-hmm. I mean, police officers would pull me over and let me go. And I'm like, looking back on that, how in the world driving over hundred miles an hour, completely drunk out of my mind. And they would let me go Wow! Uh, until this night I got pulled over. And it was like, I know now that that police officer was sent to me by the Lord, because at this point, the curtain was closing for me. And I knew this, there was something in me that knew like, time's up for you. And I felt it when I got in the back of the police car. Mm. I had another moment where I looked up very different. I would call it a prayer because prayer is talking to God. Mm-hmm. And I looked up and I was like, if you're real, why are you doing to the, this to me? I hate you. There was an acknowledgement mm-hmm. of I know that I know there's something spiritual. I believe something on the inside of me. I was like, I know you're there. I know somebody's there. Mm-hmm. And I felt like that someone was doing something to me. And there was blaming God for your mistakes. Isn't that what the word says? Yeah. So I was taken to jail that night. And, you know, a lot of the times people sometimes sitting in prison, sitting in jail is the very first time that people can look you the scriptures say, be still and know that I am God. Mm-hmm. And that sometimes that's the only way that God can get people to be quiet and hear his voice is to sit in jail. Sometimes jail can be the best thing that could ever happen to you. And for me that mm-hmm. night being now, I haven't done hard time, but going to County that night was my very first, my very first time in reflecting, like, what am I doing with my life? Yep. What am I doing with my life? And uh, I came out completely still unrepentant. I mean, I was just, the minute I got out on bail, I was ready to go do what I had always done. But 
And there's a lot to say about this, Kelsey, but here's the rubber meets the road moment for me. And, and you, you have had this as well. You and I have talked about this a lot. I, when I realized what the consequences of my actions were was when it started to actually hit me. I'm sitting there and I'm like, I'm going back to jail for sure. And if this is the case, then there's no reason for me to live. Like I have no reason to live. And I'm contemplating how to take my life that night. Mm -hmm. And I get a tap on the shoulder and it's this man who was a part-time pastor at a Baptist church in Houston. And he says to me that he taps me on the shoulder and he's like, Hey, Christina, he's like, we have your work. So he worked, he worked with you at your job. So you're sitting at your desk thinking about how you're going to end your life. And someone at your job taps you on the shoulder. Yeah. His name is Hillroy. And he, apparently him and a group of intercessors had, the Lord had already had them praying for me for weeks upon end. And then finally it was like that day, he felt like that was the day that he was supposed to come up to me. These are stories that we hear years, all these years later. And he says, I have a word from the Lord for you. And I'm thinking a word like this is not worldly language. You know, it's very strange. (laughs) Like I have a word from the Lord. Right. And I had, there was a part of me that was like, well, I have choice words for you right now. Who (laughs) who the heck do you think you are right (laughs) coming up to me? And, but then I thought, how could he know what I was thinking? And that's the power of a prophetic word is a true prophetic word is um, the mind when God gives someone the, the, the thoughts and the counsel of God to someone about a real situation that somebody is living, it, it can change the course of their life forever. And that's what that was for me. I I got saved. I say I got saved on a prophetic word straight from the heart of God. And he invites me to this prayer meeting Long story short, I walk in. I mean, these people look crazy because they are all, these are all intercessors, wild intercessors, and they are pacing the floor praying. And I remember having the thought, if there is a God, these people have come face to face with him. And he walks up to me and reads to me out of the book of Jeremiah, which we love Jeremiah 29 and 11, because it is a scripture of hope, but it was a time that God gave the prophet that word in a time of judgment, like they were mm-hmm. about to get wiped out. And he right. says, for I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord, not to do you harm, but to give you a hope in a future. So Hillroy reads to me this scripture and he says, this is a matter of life or death. And, and how could another, he have known that? How could he Except have known? through the unction of the Holy Spirit. And that was the catalyst for me because how could he have known? And I know now that that was a vision that the Lord gave me, but I saw, I I had my eyes closed and I saw myself dying in a car accident and I knew that that was next. And I knew it was almost like I had a sense of the proximity that this was something that was going to happen that night or was going to happen tomorrow. I just knew that this was next. Wow. Wow. And, and I know now that the spirit of the fear of the Lord came over me. Because he he preaches, this man is preaching the gospel, the whole gospel to me. And and he says, do you want to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior into your heart? I didn't pray the sinner's prayer. I just said this. I said, Jesus, if you're real, come into, come into my heart, save me. 
mm. save my baby. And all of a sudden it was, and not everybody encounter, experiences this, but for me in that moment, I had an infilling that I didn't know was an infilling. Something was filling me in that moment. And the, the weights that I had carried around all my life, it was like someone came and just, just swooped, just picked it up off of my shoulders. And I remember walking out of that break room. You and I have talked about this. There was just more light. You know, when we become born again, we truly come through the birth canal in the realm of the spirit for the very first time. So I'm seeing light. The fluorescent lights of the office were brighter. The I went out to smoke a cigarette, of course. I just got saved, okay? We're, we're not all cleaned up when we come to the Lord. I'm like, oh, I got to go smoke a cigarette now. I got to right. smoke a cigarette. I just gave my life to the Lord. The sky is bluer. The grass is greener. And I something inside of me, it was like I was like this burning fire, just walking inside of this flame. And for the first time, I had been touched by the love of God. Mm. And when you've been touched by the love of God, you, you're, you're never the same. Like you, the love of God changes us from the inside out. You're never the same. You, you can't talk the same. You can't walk the same. You can't look the same. Everything begins to change. Now it's a process. That's sanctification. Like I said, I, I went out and I smoked a cigarette. I didn't know anybody. <laughs> right. And let me tell you, these people yeah. that were that were discipling me quickly started to call me out on on hey. Because I would, I would go out. But how and, would you have known? You don't know. When you don't know the Bible, you don't know the word of God. You can't, you don't know that yet. That's why you need discipleship because you don't, you don't know. You know that you've accepted Jesus. You know that there has been a change because you can feel it. You start to even, the process of the renewing of the mind too, like when, when you get saved, you get fill, infilled with the Holy Spirit. And that, it, it starts immediately because yes. like you said, you it's something changes and you can't put your finger on it but you know that there's something different yeah yeah it it was that's why you know i watch people that are uh it's been such a joy to watch people give their lives to the lord even in these last saw daddy yankee i mean daddy yankee used to be i loved I mean, we used to go to the club. Daddy Yankee was like, yep, girl, same. I went to yep. all the, you know, Hispanic clubs and, you know, it's his, mm -hmm. I went to the you know, hip hop clubs, his, his Hispanic clubs. And I'm, I'm seeing people like this, um, people coming to the Lord that are well-known people. And we cannot look at people in their process, the way they look or maybe the way they're talking right now and judge them when we're stepping into page three of their book. And yet page 500, we don't know what it's going to look like. Right. I mean, I was smoking. Right. I was outside preaching the gospel. I had a big old pink Bible that Hillary, Hillary gave me this huge Bible. I was outside on my smoke break. I looked forward to my smoke break to go out and preach the gospel. Until one day he told me, he said, you can't do this anymore. Like you've got to quit smoking and you've got to <laughs> right. quit doing drugs. Like you can't do right. this. Right. But I had people, like, I was wearing mini skirts to church. I didn't know any better. Right. Nobody told me that there was, you know, that modesty was something of the kingdom and <laughs> right, right. smoke or, but I will say that something on the inside of me, I remember Hillroy coming and he, he, we went to our, our, we would have, we called it PT. It was prayer time. And we did it, uh, co there were covert prayer meetings at a secular university, which a good friend of mine, she lives up the road now. She's a believer. And she told me that they did everything they could to shut these prayer meetings down. And they couldn't because we were off the clock. She just told me oh, that a few wow. weeks ago. Wow. We would go in there and let me tell you, 
demons being cast out, prophesying. I mean, it was just, and we had 15 minutes, 15 minutes to go in, <laughs> to pray, yeah. ask the Lord to open the heavens over us, deliver. It was just crazy. Wow. And so that was every day, Monday through Friday. But I will say that on the inside, I started to experience this. I didn't feel right anymore. It was like, man, why do I feel right about smoking a cigarette? And why do I feel right about listening to the music that I'm listening to? And all of a sudden, like, you know, every other word out of my mouth, I'm not going to say what word, but I just, the profanity in my language, I was just like, I was a person, all I spoke was profanity. People would tell me, they're like, Christina, every time I'm around you, I cuss so much. And it was the spirit that I walked in, but all of a sudden I started to feel something on it. It was like, something didn't feel right. It was like, I don't, I don't want to live like this anymore. And the Lord we know now is the conviction of the Holy spirit, which we know now, but you didn't know then like, why am I not okay anymore with doing this? That's what, that's what sanctification, that's what the, the process of sanctification does. It's a process for every, we can't look at people. I was just saying that earlier. We can't look at people that are coming into the kingdom and expect for people to just be all cleaned up. You know, God is bringing, there's so many fish. The harvest is coming into the kingdom right now, but there have got to be laborers in the harvest, descaling the fish. And, and there needs to be laborers right now that are discipling the fish and the, the bounties of fish that are coming into the kingdom, but it is a process. So I just want to mm-hmm. encourage all of us that as we see celebrities, as we see uh, people in Hollywood, as we see some of the most, what we would think are the most, uh, the chief sinners in the world today, and we see them coming into the kingdom, let's offer them some grace. Let's give them the grace that has been given to us. Let's yep. offer mm-hmm. them the love and the mercy and the compassion that was given to us that we so desperately need, not just then, but today. I'm like, Lord, I need a lot of mercy today. I need a lot of grace today. Yes. I need a lot of compassion today for me today, not just then. Yes. Because I believe that in the days ahead, 2024, I believe that we're going to see people come into the kingdom that that um, will experience the judgment of the brethren and experience mm-hmm. uh but 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 i believe that that god is calling us to be the 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 brothers and the sisters that look at them with eyes of compassion yeah as as the lord looked at us at once upon a time that when nobody else was looking at us when when we were at our worst in the deep miry pit and we saw that hand come down and say I'll pull you out, that we would offer that same kind of compassion in the days ahead. Yeah. Paul talks to Timothy about that. He says, be patient with those who are immature. You know, don't don't be so hard on people that don't know, especially that don't know the Bible. Because if they haven't read it, how can you expect them uh, to act upon it if they don't know it yet? So yeah, we do have to be full of compassion and mercy and um, it is a process and, and some people are, they take a lot longer than others. I mean, it's not all uniform, like exactly the same. And yeah. some people, they have times where they backslide, but that's, that's why right. as brothers and sisters, so we need to come alongside of them and understand that that's a common thing to see is because yeah. of the lust of the flesh and the pride of life and the drawl of the world. 
you know, there, there may be some backsliding, but that's when brothers and sisters come along. Hey, I'm here for you. Encourage them to get yes. back in the word, all of that stuff. I mean, we need each other, you know, and that's, yes. that's so good to remember that, you know, just remembering your, your salvation story. I love when you share it, but even when you talked about saying in that, that room and, and you said, you know, I didn't say the salvation prayer. I just said, you know, Jesus, if you're real. Help Elijah Fire continue to make an impact around the world. All donations go toward making Elijah Fire and the Elijah Fire podcast possible. Visit ElijahFire.com slash give and become a partner today. And that hit me so hard because I, I thought about my own salvation story yeah. and how I was before coming to Christ and just the preciousness of coming to Jesus, the precious moment that a heart opens up and turns to the Lord and says, if you're real, come into my heart, save me from myself, save wow. me from my sin, wash me clean. And that's the power of, of being preached the true gospel. Yeah. Not some fake gospel that, oh, you're going to be blessed and prosper and every good thing is going to come to you the second yeah. you come to Jesus. Well, there, there is good things that come to you. There's yeah. also suffering. We're also promised suffering, um, which no one wants to talk about either, but not that gospel, the true gospel yeah. that Jesus came and died for sinners who were stuck in their sin and couldn't get out and deserve hell and deserve punishment wow. for every sin. But yet he took that punishment that we deserve. You'll say you deserve it. I'll say I deserve it. I lived I was an awful sinner. I blaspheme God. I turned my back on God. I deserve punishment. But yet he sent his own son to come and take that upon himself. So we don't have to have that. Wow. I mean, just the realization, then you saying, Jesus, come into my, change me. I mean, that is so precious. You know, we talk about miracles and healings and signs and wonders, but the miracle of salvation the total transformation of the heart, the indwelling of the Holy Spirit inside of us. I mean, it is the most amazing moment of my life. And especially when I look back on it, I mean, and you think about, like you said, the grass is greener, the lights are brighter. It is because you've been changed. The Bible says we're changed when we come to know him. We are changed. We're not the same. We're a brand new creation in Christ Jesus. So for those even listening today, I mean, Think about when you came to Christ and how he changed you, you know, to go back and, and look at your salvation story, each of us individually. I mean, how grateful are we for Jesus? Yeah. I mean, so grateful, so, so grateful. And I don't want a day to go by that. I don't remember what Jesus has done for me because who dies for sinners while they were sinners? I mean, a righteous man would die for someone who is righteous, but what kind of man would die for the worst of all sinners? You know, that's our King. That's our Lord. That's who we worship. That's why we live the way we do. That's why Christina gives her life to share. And I try to give the best of my life to share the gospel because it's, he's worth it. You know, yeah. he's worth everything. And, um, Continue sharing your story. I just want to stop for a second because it's yeah. just, it's so precious to think about 
where Jesus has brought all of us and yeah. how he's continuing to do that work every single day until he comes back again. Yeah. Yeah. Well, actually, I've just, um, there's such an anointing as you shared that, especially when you said, you know, who, what kind of man would lay his life down for sinners? Yeah. You would lay your, your life down for a righteous man, or you'd lay your life down for your, for your child, but to lay your life down for billions and billions of people, past, present, and future, some that will never choose you, some that will, and some, and a lot that will never, ever choose him. And he knew that he knew that going to the cross, but, but for the joy set before him, he was able to endure what he endured. Amen. And so, uh, I just wanted to take a moment to just pray, pray something real quick, Kelsey, but father, we are so grateful and lord even just around this time of the year it's easy to be distracted and caught up with all of the things that this world has to offer a lot of good things that you provide for us god so many blessings but the reality of it is is that this time of the year is reserved for us to remember that you sent your son as a gift to the world as a gift to us that whosoever would believe in him would not perish and lord that we would that we would have eternal life by that choice lord and so we just thank you for the gift of jesus today we thank you for the gift of our testimonies that are all so different lord how you've stamped us and marked us some of us you've had to God pull out of jail cells, others you've had to take us take some of us off of our deathbeds, others you've Lord, you've you've done very unique individual things in all of our lives as we listen today, Lord, that that it was just what we needed. It was just what we needed to be able to recognize that you were real, that you loved us. And that you've forgiven us, God. So we just we just want to say thank you. Yes. And Father, this isn't an easy time of the year for a lot of people as well, Lord. And we recognize that. And I pray for those that are hurting, for those that are alone, and for those that are just needing you to comfort them, God. Your word says that you are near to the brokenhearted and you yes. save those who are crushed in spirit. Father, I pray. For those that have been in a time of crushing, that you would put the pieces of their heart back together, that the oil of your presence would flow through their bodies, through their spirit, through their minds. Father, we we just pray that your spirit right now Mm. would touch every single person, Lord, that the peace of God that passes all understanding would guard their hearts and their minds in Christ Jesus, that the joy of the Lord, I speak the joy of the Lord. For those that have been downcast, I speak the joy of the Lord over those that are experiencing grief, the loss Mm -hmm. of a child, the loss of a spouse, God, the loss of a relationship or a marriage or God, whatever loss there's been around this time of the year that this just seems to be a trigger. I just keep hearing the Lord say that, that there's kind of triggers in this time. And I hear the Lord saying that, that he's releasing a fresh anointing over your heart and mind Mm. you would experience his presence Mm. and that you would remember that you would remember 
what he's done for you, that you would remember the valleys that he's walked you through, that you would remember the goodness of God in, the, in this time in your life. And so, Father, we just thank you right now for your peace and your presence covering every heart and every mind and every family and every marriage. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. And I want to add to that real quick. Um, you know, sometimes we think it's bad when we get really emotional and, yeah. you know, like, oh, yeah. I, I want to hold myself together, you know? Yeah. But the Lord's reminding me of a time um, where I was really, really broken and I wasn't holding it together. Yeah. I was crying myself to sleep. I mean, just I wasn't strong. And that night that I wasn't strong and that I just let it all go and was so just broken and sad and, you know, a broken and contrite spirit, the Lord's not going to turn away from that. Yeah, because there's right. not there's not pride in that. There's not, you know, a lot of times when we say, "I can, I can do this. I can hold it together. I can yeah. be strong." That's all you're in your strength. Wow. Because I can do this, and and I can muster it up, and that's your strength. But what about the strength of the Lord? And wow. sometimes the strength that comes from the Lord only comes when you become extremely broken before Him. And you let it all hang out before him. And I had a significant encounter with the Holy Spirit when I did that and wow. woke up in the night. Girl never prayed in tongues, didn't even know what it was. Woke up in the middle of the night, uncontrollably speaking in tongues. Wow. And it's because the Bible tells us the Holy Spirit is our comforter. Yeah. And so the Holy Spirit came because I was so open and broken and crying out to the Lord. I was saved at that point and I knew Jesus. I love Jesus, um, but I wasn't living the way I should. But God, God doesn't hold that against me and say, well, I'm not going to, I'm not going to comfort her because she's not living the way she should. Yeah. No. When, when you accept Jesus, you become brand new and you, you are a brand new creation. And so he sent the Holy Spirit. And I just feel that for, for people who kind of have been holding it, like I'm holding it all yeah. together, that the brokenness and the contrite heart is where the Lord comes in and where he moves and he heals and he restores. Yeah. And he does all of that work when we finally say, you know what, I'm not strong enough, but I know someone who is. And sometimes your biggest weakness is your biggest strength because yeah. in God, it looks a lot different than it looks like in the world. When we walk with God, my mom always says it's the opposite kingdom. So she says, whatever the world's doing, if you do the opposite, Kelsey, you'll be pleasing to God. Yeah. And it's so true because the world views strength as something completely different than what the Bible views strength as. Yeah. And so I just want to encourage you that it's okay to get before the Lord and it's okay to, to just expect him to fill you with his strength yeah. and to ask him like, Lord, I need you to come. I need you to be with me. I need you to comfort me. You know, I can't do this on my own, Lord. I need you. And those type of prayers are, are really powerful when we're going through something yeah. really hard. Yeah. Yeah. 
And there is a gift that comes when we are broken and we're, as you said earlier, suffering is a part of this walk with the Lord. And I think I've shared this before with Jeff, but I remember going into, which you know, I believe probably top, definitely top, top of the list of hardest seasons of my life. But right before I walked into the season, I was in prayer and the Lord said to me, I, I saw the Lord and I saw his, the crown of thorns on his head. And he took, he took the crown of thorns off of his head and he put it on mine. And he said, I want you to share in the fellowship of my sufferings. Wow. And I went into definitely wow. probably the hardest one of the hardest seasons of my life, getting off of drugs didn't even compare to this season. And what came out of that season was a hand wrapped gift from God to me that I, though, though I walked through what I walked through, I couldn't have received what I received from God any other way. We have to look when we walk with Jesus suffering suffering with him because you're not suffering alone you, when you're in the world you're like you're alone right you're alone you don't get to you there's no and that was one of the biggest things for me coming to the lord it was like now i'm not alone i'm still yeah. going to go through hard stuff but i'm not alone yep. there's somebody actually walking with me and there's moments it's like the footprints in the sand there's moments where i can't walk yet he picks me up and the only footprints you see are the footprints of the lord on the sand because he i can't walk anymore yeah. and for those of you that are walking through this season right now where you feel that you are literally being crucified mm -hmm. in your life and you don't know how much more you can take anymore, I want to encourage you that our God is a God who gives us a hand-wrapped gift straight from his heart after we walk through the seasons of adversity, of, of, of suffering, and of crushing. There's a hand, there's, there's something stored up in this. It's a revelation that is going to serve you in the, in the days ahead. Does God bring this on you? I really don't believe that God just, I believe God uses the things that we go through mm -hmm. to grow us as believers. He uses the, the hard times to grow us, to show us another aspect, a facet of his heart that we've never seen before. These are gifts from the Lord. You're knowing him. You're sharing in the fellowship of his sufferings. And guess what? You, the intimacy between you and the Lord is just becoming stronger and it's becoming tighter. So yeah. I want to encourage those that are, that are, there aren't some of you, there are, there are those listening right now. You're in that season right now. And that sometimes there is no why. Just ask the Lord to give you everything that you're supposed to get in this season. Mm, ask him good. to give you everything that you need to get because this season, it's not forever. Mm. It's not forever. It's, it's for a short time. The That's scriptures right. talk about that. Just it's a short time. And I don't know. Sometimes I'm like, Lord, you said a short time. It seems like a lot longer than a short <laughs> time. But for a short time. Yes. And if you don't give up, there is there you will reap a harvest. Yeah, it's beautiful. And there are some people who they suffer their whole life with an illness or a disease. And they wonder, like, you know, or they may see God heal someone, you know, to the left of them and to the right of them. And they've had it since they're born. And, you know, I believe God. And I think 
the closeness of the relationship of people who walk through hard things with the Lord is it's so close. And it's like, I'm not just relying on God once a month when I need, oh, you know what? I, I need to, I need this job. Like, God, come on, you got to come through. These people daily, day in and day out, just for that day, just for that hour, they need God. They need the, they need the peace of Jesus. They need the Lord. They, they need the scripture to, I mean, it's, it's such a beautiful blessing that if we could see it through the eyes of the beauty of suffering, there's so much beauty in that, of that I need a constant reliance on the Lord. I mean, I feel like there's many days where it's half the days over and I'm like, I haven't even like said anything to the Lord yet. You know, like I feel like, oh my God, I'll drive in the car, you know, or something, go somewhere and I'll just tell the Lord, I'm so thankful for this or whatever. And I'm realizing like, this is the first time I've really put all my attention to you today because life with being married and kids and all that, you know, it life can be yeah. so busy. But I think the beauty of people waking up in the morning and going, God, help me get out of bed or help me. I mean, there's such a beauty in that relationship of you have something special and you may see it as this has always been a problem my whole life, but I don't think the Lord sees it that way. I think the Lord sees you as one of his closest friends and one of the most grateful people uh, that's probably living that every day you praise God in, in spite of whatever's going on, that you worship him no matter what's going on in your body or your family, or, I mean, that is so beautiful. Like it's, it's in spite of, it's not because everything good is going my way. So I'm just gonna, you know, oh, give up a praise because everything's going my way. No, it's when everything's not going your way Yeah, and your heart is turning to the Lord and you're saying, God, I'm grateful that I'm, I'm alive today and that I'm breathing and that I have peace, Lord, you know, like there's so much beauty in that. And it's the simple things, you know, like if I could say anything for, for 2024, I would say, make it simplify what you, what your walk looks like with God. You need to simplify it and you need to go back and remember that I love God. I worship him. I'm so thankful. I'm so grateful. And I want to spend my life knowing his word for what it says. Yeah. And simply adoring him. Yeah. And that's what, that's what I want to do. So my encouragement would be for 2024 is get into the word of God and really get to know what it says and let it, let it change you. And then also simplify your walk with Jesus, knowing that you are pleasing to him. You're already pleasing to him. It doesn't have to be doing all the things. You're pleasing to him. He sees his son in you. He's he's pleased. He's pleased. But it's from that place of gratitude and thankfulness. I think we need to get back, you know, because we can get into all the things. Like if I'm, you know, I've I've heard people say, teachers say, I'm sure you've heard this, you know, if you're not casting out demons, then are you even a Christian? Well, 
Um, none, I, I know, but none of your salvation is linked to a work. So you're yeah. saved by grace through faith alone in Christ Jesus. It's not by any good works that any man. Should vote. Yes. It's not by a work guys. It's, it's by believing in Jesus Christ. So yes. just be at peace with the Lord, serve him by loving him, loving others. That's how we serve God. We love him and we love others. Um, and during this Christmas time, you know, um, me and Jeff talked about this the other day, Christina, I know you're laughing too about this, but, um, we all like pep talk ourselves right. When we get around family, like, okay, I'm going to like, I'm going to love them. I'm going to be nice and all this. And then it, you get around family. That's really hard to be around. And you're just like, okay, I want to leave. Like, you know what I mean? You're so it's, it's, it can be hard when you're in it. Right. It's not always easy. <laughs> it's, it's hard. Yes. Like you do talk yourself up like, okay, I'm going to be gracious and nice and all this. And then you have difficult family come and you're like, okay, I want to leave, you know, like, I don't want to be here anymore. And just that God would give us, you know, grace to be around others who are difficult in, during this time, you know, and that yeah. we would show mercy, like we were talking about earlier, like compassion yeah. and we would have mercy and we would think about, you know, where they're coming from, you know, and yeah. And, love them because we see them how God sees them, you know, yes. not because of what they're doing, but we see them how God sees them. So try to do that this Christmas, right? Yes. <laughs> try again. The entire season. <laughs> yes, the entire, exactly. Into next year. Okay. So yes. Christina, I, we're gonna, we have to wrap in like 10 minutes. So okay. we have to get to these questions because if we don't, Jeff's going to be like, you didn't do the questions. Okay. So <laughs> Well, do you want to pray before we start this? And then uh, we'll let's end with just the questions. Yeah, let's do okay. it. Thank you, Father. Lord, right now, we just want to lift up every single person that is seeking you, Father, for so many different things, even just not just this Christmas season, but just for the year ahead. And Father, I pray that you would bless your people abundantly lord we know the enemy comes to steal kill and destroy but you said that you came to give life and life in abundance i pray that they would experience the life and the abundance of your spirit that can only come with an intimate relationship with you jesus yes lord lord i pray that your voice would become the loudest voice in their life in 2024 i pray for greater discernment in the days ahead lord i pray for the spirit of the fear of the Lord to overtake your people. That God, you would reveal yourself, Jesus. You would give a love for your word to your people like never before. Father, I pray for those that are, uh, God, seeking you for wisdom and direction on where to go and what to do and what choices to make in the days ahead, specifically in the year ahead. God, we pray that you would lead them and that you would guide them with your word. God, you said in Proverbs 3 that we don't need to lean on our own understanding, but in all of our ways to acknowledge you and you will make our path straight. So I pray that today, Lord, make the crooked path straight for your people. Make those winding roads where there's confusion and distractions and there's questions. God, I pray that you would make everything crystal clear for your people, that where you go, they're go they'll go. God, that where you are, they will be. 
And I pray for the fire of the Holy Ghost to feel, fill every person here today. Lord, I pray that there would not be any questions or confusion about your perfect will and purpose for their life, Lord. But that even right now that they are gaining clarity, that they are seeing you, Jesus, for who you really are. And I pray for those, God, that for those that have walked through a long season in 2023, where they've just come up for air. It just seems like they've just kept coming up for air and gasping for air. Father, we thank you right now for the power of the Holy Spirit over your people that you would just fill them right now. Fill them with the power of your spirit. Let them see you. Let them know you. Let them hear you. Lord, that there would be no deception in the days ahead, but that mm -hmm. they would see you clearly. We ask you for that, Lord. And that God, yes. as, as we walk through this next month, as we cross over into this new day, into this new season, God, I pray that you would keep your people near to your, near to your heart, God. Keep them near, stitch their hearts together with yours. Mm. And we just thank you for it today in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Christina, there's someone watching and um, she's Hispanic and she's going through a really, really hard time right now. Um, and I just, could you pray for her in Spanish, whatever yeah. the Lord leads you? But it's yeah. just something significant to that. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you, Father. Padre, te damos gracias en este momento por tu hija. Te damos gracias por tu hijo, al que está escuchando en este momento. Y pedimos, Padre, el poder de tu Espíritu Santo que les llene. Padre, siento que, que necesita un toque, un, eh, un suspiro de tu Espíritu en su cuerpo. Señor, donde necesitan sanación, pido de que tú vengas con el poder de tu sanación y toques su cuerpo, toques su corazón, toques su vida. Señor, pedimos por, ese, por esas situaciones imposibles, pedimos en el nombre poderoso de Jesucristo que el fuego de tu presencia venga, Señor, y que toque cada área de su vida que necesita una resurrección. Espíritu Santo, declaramos el poder de Ezequiel 37 y, y decimos, Señor, estos, estos huesos secos pueden vivir y declaramos, decretamos hoy, Señor, que vivan, que vivan, Señor. Pedimos que tú resucites matrimonios, resucites a los hijos pródigos, resucites a las, a las personas que están, eh, Señor, eh, enfermos en su cuerpo, enfermos en su mente. Levantamos a estas familias en tu nombre, Jesús, y pedimos que tu nombre sea el nombre que sea exaltado en su vida, en esta hora, en el nombre poderoso de Jesús. Te damos gracias, Padre. Amén. Amén. All right, Cristina, that's beautiful. I don't know what you said, but I felt the Holy Spirit so strong. And that's what I love about the witness of the Spirit is even if it's in a different language, the, the presence of the Lord can still come down and touch all of us as, as we all listen to that prayer. All right, we're going to move on into the Christmas stuff. Okay, we got okay. we got like 10 minutes. Woo, woo. <laughs> Oh, I love it. <laughs> These little adorable things that he's made. And I see, Jeff, why you want to use those because they're so good. Okay, first question. 
What is on your Christmas song playlist this year? Okay, so we, let's see. Hmm. We've had National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation on 24-7. It's all that Ryan watches. <laughs> like, it's on 24-7. Like, course. if it's not on, he's upset. If he comes home from work, he's like, why isn't Christmas Vacation on? I'm like, let me just put it on for you. He watches it all the time. So, Oh, my God. Um, okay. So, I, so the song that I've had on repeat is, um, it's from Home Alone. And I can't think of the name of, oh, Run, run, Rudolph. Santa's got to make it to town. Yep. Santa, make I, him hurry. Mm -hmm. Tell him he can take the freeway down. That's one of them. I think it's called Run, Run, Rudolph. Okay. So, run, run, that, Rudolph. That's been on your repeat for. <laughs> my my Christmas song playlist is whatever's on the radio, why I'm in the car with the kids. Like, yes. whatever Christmas music thought, I'm like, this is a good song. Because every Christmas song is like. So I mean, amazing. Yeah, they're amazing because they bring you back all the memories of Christmas. <laughs> and they're all awesome. Okay. Favorite Christmas snack or favorite Christmas food? This is probably not I a good just, one to ask you. <laughs> I know. I'm like, oh my gosh. Um I you you know I love making pies. So um mm -hmm. I love I love pecan pie and I know that's like a Thanksgiving thing, but I, we still have it for Christmas and I, there's also a peanut butter fudge pie. Ooh, that's, yum. Yes. Yes. I should send you. One. I hope my husband is not listening to this because he's going <laughs> to and I need the recipe so you can make that. Actually, I can, I can actually mail you one. So we'll talk about that later. No, just send me the that's recipe. It's a, it's a, it's a peppermint, it's a peppermint fudge. But anyways, a pep with like peanut butter, but it, we'll talk about it later. Mm, that sounds so good. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes. Um, what's your favorite ornament on your tree? Hmm. It's, so Evan has been doing robotics since he was very little. So he's been building, um, building robots. So he has a robot that he made in an ornament. It was like the first, he- cool. He has a whole, I think it's called a breadboard that he put inside of this ornament. And it has like, anyways, it's it's a robot ornament that he did when he was like six or seven years old. And I, when I hang it, I just love hanging that one because I'm like, it's who he is. You know, he's, yeah. he's, he's a, you know, he's gotten into robotic engineering and just reminds him like, oh, this is who my son is. He's how he brings glory to God. So, oh, that's so cute. Evan, when he's six or seven, oh, no. it's been a long time ago. But yes. I love little kids' ornaments too because it brings you back. It reminds you of like, oh my gosh, remember when you made this? And they're so special. I don't think they'll ever get. Hopefully, we'll have them forever, like oh, ornaments yes. like that on the tree forever of yes. of special stuff that our kids made. Okay, what's your favorite Christmas-related activity that you've done this year? we uh let's see here we went which to Disney day? World. <laughs> for, you, for you I said which day of the week because for your for many of you who don't know Christina's husband is named Ryan too my husband's name's Ryan yeah but Christina's husband Ryan is like huge Christmas every holiday right girl but like mo Christmas lights everywhere yes I mean 
loves yes. fitness. So they're probably so, doing stuff like three days a week. <laughs> yeah. So we, oh, maybe Jeff can kind of flash our, our home, what he's done over. I mean, he's every day he's doing lights when he's at home. So it's like, it never ends. So maybe Jeff can flash just what Ryan has done. He is like, he's Clark Griswold. He, <laughs> you know about the inflatable Clark Griswold that rides in the front seat of the car. Yes, that's hilarious. Yes. So maybe that's one of the things we love the most is Ryan doing his thing. I mean, he's, he's a lighting designer. So he used to hang from like 150 foot, you know, catwalks. He's just, he's really unafraid of getting on top of on top of very high places and doing his his life and maybe jeff can show a picture of our of yeah. our his creation Lights. this year so you <laughs> went to so you went to disney and you got to yes. celebrate a little bit there yes we did yeah we did it was we had such a blast as a family and just the i we love i mean all of us love christmas on elijah mm -hmm. fire it's just like we all love christmas it's our favorite time of the year so just being, you know, the cookies and the food and the gingerbread yeah. and the eggnog and just all of them. all the things, all, all the things. things Christmas. Oh, well, okay, wait. So I'm just going to pop to this question now because you said eggnog. So are you pro eggnog or anti eggnog? Pro all pro. the way. Okay. Yeah. I'm anti. Are you? I know. I knew you were. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm like picky eggnog. with. I'm picky with, with stuff. Okay. So <laughs> what, um, Christmas movie character are you most like? Kevin's mom. <laughs> Kevin's mom <laughs> from home alone. Yes. I am Kevin's mom. <laughs> One million percent. One why, million percent. Why are you saying that? I because am her always. You... <laughs> yes. Just watch it again this season. Watch it. That's I, Brian and Kevin! Evan will tell you. Yes. I am Kevin's mom. I'm like, oh my gosh, she's everything. Like, you know, I, the mean part, you know how she, she can be a little like, no, but just how it, I am Kevin's mom. And I'll let Ryan tell you all about that. He's just like, oh That's my hilarious. gosh, you are so Kevin's mom. I'm like, it took you all these years to recognize that. Like now all the things she does. That movie now, next time I watch it, I'm obviously, that's going to be replaying through my head the whole time I'm watching. I'll probably be texting I, you. Look, this is what you would actually do in real life. No, in real life. I mean, I would do all the things she did. Um, yes, yes. Kevin's mom. <laughs> Kevin's mom. Okay, final question. What's one word? This is going to be, this is a really hard question. What okay, okay. one word best describes Christmas for you? One word? Isn't that hard? One word? Yes. But. Oh, Jeff said I, it can be more than one word. Okay. <laughs> the word that came to me is jolly. jolly? I told you that in a text. Yes, jolly. <laughs> yes. Because, number one, who I'm married to. Jolly. Yeah. I'm married to someone who is very, like. Jolly. <laughs> turns into this and like Evan and I have discussions we're like what's going on outside right now he's like he has I had to text his mom because he's hanging from like 40 feet the top of our house and he has loud Christmas music on while he's hanging the lights and like the neighbor they're like blasting subwoofers 
And Evan's like, mama, daddy's outside with the loud music again. And I'm like, this is like November 1st though. And so Gosh, I'm like, I don't it. say anything. Just don't. And like, he comes in and he has like lights hanging all over his body. And like, you can't say anything to him. You know what I mean? He's like, right, right. Oh, this is normal, you know? So like the neighbors are walking by and they're like, hey, he's like, Merry Christmas, everybody. And I'm like, it's November 1st. Yesterday was Halloween. So he keeps it jolly around here. <laughs> I love Ryan. That's so awesome. So amazing. So amazing. Okay, Christina. I love, I love today's show, obviously. This was so much fun. So fun. I look forward to it. <laughs> I know. Next year, again. I know. We look forward to it, Jeff. No pressure. Thank you, Jeff. Yes. Thank, thank you, you, Jeff, for letting us do it. And Illumination, we love you guys so much. And thank oh, yes, you for watching. Merry Christmas. I Merry pray Christmas. that it's a wonderful time with family and friends. We love you guys so much. And we're thankful for you. We're thankful for Jeff and all the hard work yes. he does and everyone illumination and all the people that put so much work into this and you guys for watching this and giving and coming on every day and you guys are so supportive and i know you've popped in the comments christina before so have i it's like a loving family this elijah yes, fire is a beautiful family yeah. so we love you guys so, so much. Merry Christmas. And you don't want to miss tomorrow's episode. Jeff will be back with another special Christina Miss episode. So Merry Christmas. Love you guys. Bye. This has been Elijah Fire. Thanks for listening. For more episodes like this, you can check out the Elijah Fire podcast on ElijahFire.com, on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can watch us live every weekday at 2 p.m. Pacific time on YouTube, Rumble, Twitch, and Facebook. Elijah Fire is presented by Elijah Streams and is part of Elijah List Ministries. Go to ElijahFire.com slash give for more info on how you can donate today.